0: Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Today I'm a little scratchy and a little squeaky because I'm getting over a cold, but I didn't want to miss another week of episodes since my hospitalization a few weeks back. I miss sitting here every week, sharing thoughts and ideas that come to me through reading or time with other people. Today's episode is called, Are You Listening? Let's dive in. Have you actually ever been asked that question? Are you listening? Has your mind wandered when someone was sharing their thoughts or their story, only to be jarred back into the present by that question? It can be a little embarrassing to discover that our mind wandered to our to-do list, old memories, or who's constantly texting me right now. It may be awkward to be in conversation and realize that we checked out even if it was just for a moment. But imagine how the speaker must feel. How long had you been checked out? Did you miss the most important part of that conversation? Will you recall any of the conversation five minutes from now? Studies have shown that we remember less than half of what we hear. Less than half. Which half, though? Is that what we want from our conversations? Is that what we want of those we share our stories and thoughts with to only get half of what we said? What did we miss? What did our listeners miss? This has happened to many of us. Some of us more than we'd like to admit. Uh, uh, To be outed for not listening is not only uncomfortable but embarrassing. And it also conveys a message Maybe it's that we don't care enough to be fully present in conversation. Ouch. (sighs) Years ago, when I was a teenager, I decided I wanted to learn how to make eye contact with people. I felt like I was too shy, and maybe people didn't want to be my friend because I couldn't look at them. So once I started, it was uncomfortable for quite a while, and I wanted to be more attentive to those I was with. To let them know I cared. It was also in an attempt to make myself appear a little more authoritative, I guess. Um, Although at my young age, I don't think I knew it. Uh, That's just something I've realized in my later years. My eye contact pendulum while I was trying on this new behavior swung way to the other direction to the point that I felt my eyes boring holes into the eyes of the people that I was talking to or listening to, and I felt like it could become intimidating to have that strong of eye contact. So much so, I had to kind of relearn the art of eye contact. Over the years, I've learned that some folks and some cultures find that much eye contact is disrespectful or uncomfortable, and I needed to shift my gaze from time to time for their comfort and respect. Okay, here comes a confession. When I was laser focused on making eye contact and maintaining it, sometimes I was thinking about whether it was too much eye contact, Should I shift my gaze? Do they appreciate this much eye contact? Boy, am I uncomfortable, and so on. I was not listening to what was being said. It wasn't until a college psychology course taught me active listening. It was then that I realized eye contact was only a small part of the practice of active listening. I still could make good eye contact, but I needed to try to eliminate distractions as much as I could, so that I can focus on their words and the body language. I suppose you could call what I was learning appropriate eye contact, as opposed to too much eye contact. A scenario that comes to mind is the types of conversations I had with my husband. I would walk by him or he would walk by me and I would say something off the top of my head only to later be disappointed because he hadn't recalled the moment. Usually it had something to do with me telling him something I wanted him to do, and then I'd get irritated because he didn't remember even having the conversation. I felt hurt that he hadn't listened to me. Through the years, though, I can reflect on times when he had taken in everything I said. What was different about those times? It took a series of steps as I look back starting with making a date to have a conversation. I need to talk with you, I would say. He would agree, and we would set a time. He would sit, I would sit, we were facing each other, eyeball to eyeball, and he was ready to hear me. It didn't always go well, whatever the topic was, but the point was, he was ready to listen. I wasn't dropping a bomb of bad news as he went to the coffee maker or headed out to work. We were intentionally prepared to hear what was being said. I was happy to have learned that, and I've continued to practice it with my husband especially, and I'd like to think I've been able to do it with my kids as well. It's funny, though. I didn't have to work so hard to listen this way with close friends or people I work with. Why, I cannot say still today. As you know, the purpose of my blogs and my podcast has been to normalize the dying and death conversation. And I think it's important to have the conversations while we're able, but to actively listen to others, whether we're at work or at school or gatherings with friends or coworkers, allows a trust to be developed between both parties. It makes a person feel important and cared for knowing that you are listening and hearing them. Over the next few weeks, let's look at listening. What it is, what it isn't, how to do it, how to do it better. There are many nuances we can catch when we listen with intent, attention, a desire to understand, and display empathy. This type of listening is helpful in most encounters we have with people we care about, and we can miss a lot less of what we hear as well as have clear understanding of what is being said when we apply the techniques of active listening. The Huffington Post referred to active listening as a soft skill. Let's explore how we can benefit and grow through actively listening to others. For now, though, we're going to hear a little bit of a piece that I found, and I apologize I did not include the author's name. I don't know if I got this from a book, a news article off the internet. I can't say. It was something that shows on the date I saved it as 2014, but apparently I found it important enough to save. So I'm going to share it, but please know these are not my words and my apologies that I didn't keep the reference. The title of this piece is Just Listen. These are quotes. I suspect that the most basic and powerful way to connect to another person is to listen. Just listen. Perhaps the most important thing we ever give each other is our attention, and especially if it's given from the heart. When people are talking, there's no need to do anything but receive them. Just take them in. Listen to what they're saying. Care about it. Most times, caring about it is even more important than understanding it. Most of us don't value ourselves or love enough to know this. It has taken me a long time to believe in the power of simply saying, I'm so sorry, when someone is in pain, and mean it. One of my patients told me when she tried to tell her story People often interrupted to tell her that they once had something just like that happen to them. Subtly, her pain became a story about themselves. Eventually, she stopped talking to most people. It was just too lonely. We connect through listening. We interrupt what someone is saying to let them know we understand. We move the focus of attention to ourselves. When we listen, they know we care. I have even learned to respond to someone crying by just listening. In the old days, I used to reach for the tissues until I realized that passing a person a tissue may be just another way to shut them down, to take them out of their experience of sadness. Now, I just listen. When they have cried all they need to cry, they find me there with them. This simple thing has not been easy to learn. It certainly went against everything I had been taught since I was very young. I thought people listened only because they were too timid to speak or did not know the answer. A loving silence often has more power to heal and to connect than the most well-intentioned words. That's a mouthful. It brought me back to that nugget that I shared about golf balls when my friend was lost in reverie over her husband and some fond memories she had with those silly golf balls, but also his times away from her playing golf. She was lost in that moment, and I just sat quietly and listened. I'd call that a victory, because I didn't interfere, I didn't interrupt, I didn't intercede into her tears. I let her have them. (laughs) Then when she realized I was there... I heard that precious story of golf balls. I can't say that I've listened that well since then or that I will continue to listen that well into the rest of my life. But when I hear stories and quotes like the one I just shared, it reminds me that I can listen. I don't have to fix anything. I don't even have to respond. I can just be there for them. And that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I'm thankful you listened today. Please visit my website and drop me a question or a topic for future discussion. Also, in the show notes, you'll find any reference materials such as names or book titles that I discussed in this podcast. Until next time, folks, take care.